Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. I'm your Talk Architecture podcast host with another interview with someone whom I would like to meet face-to-face, but I've only been with him on Clubhouse. Hello, uh, Gary. Hi, Nazeti. Thank you so much. It's really, really nice to see you again, though. <laughs> yes, it's great. Another podcaster talking to a podcaster. <laughs> and, um, okay, our topic is varied today. Uh, I'll I'll just uh, introduce you to the uh, listeners. Gary Yeo is co-founder of Project XYZ, a design collective engaged in wide-ranging projects from competitions to furniture and installation design, always rooted in user experience and architecture. Gary also hosts the XYZ podcast and is exploring writing event and curation with a keen interest on connecting the linkage between architectural education and practice, which is great because I'm into that as well. So after your graduation of Master's in Architecture at University of Strathclyde, Glasgow, you are currently practicing as an office manager at Una Group Architecture Urbanism London. So I I I, I did give you a bunch of questions, but I, I'm curious that you said you're an office manager, not like a project architect or design architect. Now give me a little bit about your what what is it that you're doing? What is it that you're interested in? Yeah, yeah. Um, perhaps can uh, I? I would like to go back to a little bit from you know the whole, um, limbo. I would say <laughs> the whole limbo of how I get into architecture. So before that, I was kind of like rock. a limbo. Uh, it's a limbo rock. <laughs> um, so I never thought to study architecture. I always wanted to go for aviation. I love the design of airport. Always this kind of dream to work with airplanes or you know uh flight you kind of, kind of this kind of uh white ideas um always wanted to be an aviation engineer and then change my mind to be a pilot and then change my mind to be uh to study mechanical engineer and then at last my my, my brother told me you know uh, are you sure you want to study mechanical engineering i was like mm, maybe not okay then he told me there's something called architecture it's like engineering but it's a bit different. <laughs> so that and then well, my brother used to study in Taylor's and therefore somehow automatically for 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 the bureaucracy of uh, family to deal with management and money. So <laughs> then I went to Taylor's to dip, uh, and then I did my archi- archi- um, architecture degree, and and then it sort of changed my mind as well in a way to see architecture in a very very at the point in time it's a very superficial way uh thinking that you know doing architecture must build something and particularly in uh, skyscrapers and then slowly i realized that it's not the thing that i would like to do in a way because i i, I went to, into an internship i was working on you know that uh, during that time there was a raza mentioned this kind of huge apartment projects which i don't really like it and then and then um, I worked in ZLG uh, for a year and then I did my master in Glasgow. And then therefore, at that point in time, I was questioning like, um, you know, what 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 the hell are architects are doing, you know, apart from designing houses for the yes. riches and also the, the big buildings or tall buildings like competition, who built the, the most green what? architecture. Is that what <laughs> architects about? Yeah. 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 And then, I mean... <laughs> 
it was it was there was a sense of angst or anger in when I was doing my um degree. Um, but firstly, I was quite angry about the whole system where you know young students they are pretty much competing each other, see who has the niceest, the nicest, the sexiest drawing you could ever produce, yeah. and you can how eloquent the presentation you have. But at the point, I don't believe that. I'm kind of like a Cedric, uh, Cedric Price kind of anti-aesthetic okay. mind. <laughs> so. Therefore, I was thinking like, okay, so if we wanted to go this direction of anti-aesthetic, aesthetic or art or architectural um, mm-hmm. style or movement, whatever you want to call it, um, <clears throat> therefore, it's going to change how we practice, how we work, how we, where we work, what kind of people we're going to talk to. That's so, Do you think that yeah. the fact that whenever, whenever we go into first year architecture, we... The, we we were taught the grandmasters Le Corbusier yeah. and all this, and and that set the tone from the first yeah. year till the end of I looking mean, for I mean, star architects. You know, that's mm. that's so absurd at one point as well. Of course, I'm I also look into star architects as well. Uh, I can't deny that you know I don't look mm-hmm. up to them, um, but I see it from the lens of marketing in a sites like how they brand themselves. It's, it was so interesting because I was reading a book uh, written by an MBRDV guy and then he wrote a book about marketing and also the whole business of architecture practice. And as early as all those uh, big masters or, you know, talk about Mies van der Rohe or, or Corbusier, all these people, they are actually knowing how to market themselves, therefore how to share their idea to the white public. Therefore, I am not denying the fact that a lot of architects, not because they don't have great ideas. They are simply, there is no space or habitat for them to perform or share their thoughts. Therefore, they are always cast, you know, kind of outlandish. Um, you know, I mean, the, be- the the best example I can say is Lina Bobadi. He, she did a lot of great works, but it's not really well appreciated among when we compare, you know, um, compared to Norman Foster, Zaha did, or you know, at that at the time, Corbusier or or, or Walter Gropius. All these people, they are so well spoken in a very male domain dominated society. Um, they are also there are so many people who actually um have a lot of great ideas, but they just you know it's not their thing to to be you know um standing in uh, under the spotlight to talk about things. Therefore, they are always kind of left. Left so this, out this in a leads way. us to the first question on the purpose of podcasting. Yeah. You intended to, um, uh, yeah, with your podcast, do you, um, when you, do you have a, a focus or spotlight on architecture education and how is that linking to architecture practice? I mean, when we talk about um, the, the names that you mentioned just now uh, and architects in general, not able to have a space and a place to express you know, their manifesto or their, 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 their likes and dislikes about architecture, everybody's too polite, you know. There is no da- discourse that you would like to expect the architecture fraternity to be debating about. And yeah. you know that, actually, this is kind of interesting. This is like 10 years back or something like that when <laughs> architect Lilian Te actually criticized the star building near Eastin Hotel, you know, the one with like, you have like pastiche on it, like uh, mm. windows, classical windows on this sky, high-rise building. 
And she actually criticized it and people quickly um, reprimanded her for it. Um, hmm. uh, you know, in Malaysia, you can't have a dialogue at all uh, to say yeah. or to be critical of things. But somebody was saying to me that my ex, another ex-student um, was saying that uh, in, in Indonesia, you have more of this discourse. It's, they are more laid back about it. Maybe the society has less uh, a, a shorter or uh, not a, so a fast a tempo or the developer is not uh, ringing not on top of you as much, uh, I suppose, in terms of the fast-paced development that we have in Malaysia. But yeah. but in England, uh, in Europe, do they do have this course a lot? Is it? They're not talking a lot. Miss I mean, I mean, no, not 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 in that sense. But because for what I experienced, especially at this like in year 2022 and 2023. So what I realized is that there are so many events, even though it doesn't allow you to go up to the stage and to talk, but of course you are allowed to, but there is always a medium, at least it welcomes you to receive information. Then after that, you can generate questions. Well, I think the problem with Malaysia is there is no stage or platform or place for you to receive information. Therefore, when, when you don't have recipient of such information how do you want to criticize because if otherwise you might just like talking in on your own voices which um a lot of time is really depends on personality where how eloquent or how intuitive you wanted to speak before any issues so the issue is not there therefore how do we criticize but but the the the, the, the very interesting thing about what i see in malaysia is there are always issue but people are tend to express in a very introverted way or in a very um, um, quiet place rather than we happen in a casual conversation. We can criticize how uh, the new PNB tower looks like a middle finger. We can talk about um, how bizarre the new Shah Alam Stadium going to look like, how, how, how flourishing it will be. But it happens in a very casual and informal conversation rather than share yeah. to everyone else to talk about it. There's uh, Clubhouse, a lot on Twitter. A, I, a lot. I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, in Clubhouse, that's what pretty much me and my peers and also other um, much more activist <laughs> architects or students or friends who might talk about it. But, mm. you know, when we look into the Clubhouse circle, it's always limited to, let's say, maximum, gonna be, you get 100. But, we are talking about like the students in so many universities. How many students are actually engaged with this conversation? I'm not like expecting each each of them to say things, even though I would love I would appreciate if they say something, but they there was no um mandatory uh effect or there's this kind of uh communal activities allow people to know that okay, I need to attend this event. But um therefore. In in London, what I really like is so many things happen in a way that you can choose which kind of event you want to go. For, and it's so diverse, the topic, in a way. For architects, you can talk about books, you can talk about furniture, you can talk about lights. And nothing to do, perhaps, directly into the spatial quality, but rather, you know, you can talk about a lot of things. No, so, I, I think that you can, when you come back to Malaysia, you uh, can find students... Because you'll be in a, a, an age where you are graduate and then you'll have people in Clubhouse. There are people like, like us who could engage as well on the on the discussion. 
uh, open discussion. Um, yeah. You know, the likes of Kevin Martlow has been talking uh, on his own. I mean, there, there, there are not many people like him in terms of the critique. Um, we actually had, with Kevin Martlow's participation, some students of architecture in University of Malaya actually as far back as 2000 and 2013, we were we had already started this the, some sort of discourse, mm-hmm. um, but um, it was it's kind of we 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 would like Pertubuhan Architect Malaysia or the Lembaga Architect Malaysia to actually open up, you know, and get the likes of Kevin Matlo or other people to debate in in um in, in institutional backed venue or event you know um there could be you know like uh, certain rules like don't don't curse or don't say four letter words and uh, apart yeah. from that you can just have a good strong debate um yeah we, we did have some but uh, it depends on the senior person as well who's you see this is our hierarchical sort of society yeah a traditional society where young people talking uh in a group, and then you, you, you. It's not that people are not listening, but um, you you'd want to have like an academic or somebody to to host the event. Yeah. yeah. So I was one of those who host these events, and uh, but the university colleagues not really um, not really like the fact that I I host those events. So it's. They have to go out on on the limb, you know. Like lecturers, they when they host such under the the the, the universities. So okay, the university is not doing it. What about Pertubuhan Architect Malaysia? Can they do it? Yeah, you know. Yeah, and uh, if they are, that's why I'm going to the other point. We are discussing about uh, the the role of Pertubuhan Architect Malaysia or uh, Malaysian uh, Association. Board is that yeah. architects board? No, no, Malaysian Architects Association in yeah. English so yeah. for the speakers out there. Um, PAM, we call it PAM. So um that's their role. That's PAM's yeah. role. To yeah. uh because LAM wouldn't LAM is too much of a legal body. So PAM yeah. represents all architects, not just some architects, but all architects and all interests. Sure. Sure. So that is the we 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 would like to put it put it out that in this podcast now <laughs> with Mr. Please, Gabriel. <laughs> please please share it out. <laughs> uh, we would but, like to put it out there um, that Pam should actually take this role. No, I I I do have a I mean instead I do have a question to 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 ask you as well, Naziati. I think that's a very very good topic to talk about it. Um, of course, I would love yeah. to invite you to You're talk turning about it around. This, this is a, to interview you. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are to, uh, the switching now? roles. Now now the the question is: Do you think Pam? Of course, we respect Pam as the like a like a like a like a community for all. Rather mm-hmm. than in a, in a meritocratic or you know quality or uh, qualification and or entitlement uh, recognition body, you know, and then if you don't have AR, we don't talk talk to you. We want to abolish that first. But my question to you is: Do you think how important is this for us to have Pam on board? 
that's my first question because I have been questioning myself a lot of time. Okay. And since the beginning of my podcast, I never asked Pam for a single thing to do anything because I believe one is not they are not incompetent. It's just that they are not aligned with my principle. In a way, because it, it, I mean, if if we all to look down from the first 10 episodes from my podcast, I always get the students to talk about their final year projects rather than getting those big ARs or big architects or famous architects. I got them afterward because I thought there's a necessity to talk to them in a, you know, in the topics that we don't talk about a lot. Like I, I spoke to Lok, uh, not just timber architecture. I, I, you know, we discussed about childhood, about what he think about architectural practice, what he think about, um, um, architectural education as well. So, therefore, the role of Pam, in my opinion, is not really the key point. But I, that's why I'm quite curious about your point. In a way, you know, for for whatever fantastic job you are doing now, yeah. you are not really, you know, we we don't have to place our dependence on their side, isn't it? Um, there is there is people wanting to listen to what. It's about, you know, like demand, uh, market demand. So the, the PAMS uh, customers, well, if you would call them customers, are architects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, okay, there is a subscription uh, to PAM or that PAMS relevance as the association that represents architects in this country. And we know that there are other associations, by the way, but they are not as um as 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 popular or influential. more <laughs> as influential as Pam. So um I never actually um uh, uh, uh discuss about Pam's role in society unless previously, unless it was to do with a student's project. Somebody is doing right. Pam Center. There was a student that did Pam Center before the Pam Center was built. Uh, and it was on a prominent side. And we asked her to ask very difficult questions, you know, about the role of PAM. And and um, so, you know, through the design thesis, uh, we were critical of PAM. Uh, and uh, eventually the programs is to do with a much more democratic or much more the space becomes much more yeah. uh, inviting or... Um, and stuff like that. This is the vision of a student doing design thesis uh, of Pam, uh, for example. But Pam is not a political party. Pam is not no. um, a government institution in a in a sense uh, that um, uh, Lembaga Architect Malaysia or the Malaysian Architects Board sits there as very strongly aligned with um, the Works Ministry. Um, this mm. house in the in the same building as um, uh, JKR or the Public Works Department. So what I'm yeah. trying to say is that um, uh, there are different individuals that 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 serves that and Pam is um, is to me. I I just want to say it here that uh, there are senior architects out there who. Um, you know, in our society, we have older people and senior people, and maybe uh, if there's anything to do with business, when we talk about PAM and architects, it's to do with business. So 
you don't want to drop water face somebody, you know, a senior member. Or if a senior member did not like the tone or the way you carry yourself, so they would be influential in advising Pam somehow because mm-hmm. Pam is has this tradition of there are senior members and and some of them. I'm just speculating that maybe there is um, a relationship between uh, the board and the association yeah. with members being friends. Or so this is our society is is uh, acts that way, and is is our society is not like British society in a way. Yeah, that yeah. Um, that you know the influence of someone is deemed to be seen as. Um, it's not really good, you know. You're not independent, you know, like RIB, yeah. independent of ARB or something. Yeah, yeah. Good, you know, you you have to have you are your own man or your own woman or them, whatever. Yeah. Again, so I think that I'm not really. I'm looking. I'm observing it from outside. I'm observing it from someone who has been around architecture in Malaysia for a while I'm, I'm and and interested about um these things and that the architecture profession is very much a, a profession that is um to serve more of the el- elitists yeah mm. those mm-hmm. money those big big uh, big businesses and um, yeah. there are people like some of us who who do community a real community based architecture but but um, do other things like broadcasting and podcasting and stuff like that. So, for for those people in 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 architecture fraternity, when they 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 would uh, like to be interviewed by us, um, you know, they, if they think it's worthwhile to go and and they see that this this interview or discussion that we have could be listened to. And as long as we don't talk about individuals, if not, we no. it'd be li- a liability, isn't it? it to, to, uh, or somebody could sue you for defamation. Yeah, defamation. Yeah. So, yeah apart yeah. from that, uh, we could talk as, as much as we like. I yeah. think that is the sentiment so far. Yeah. So, what, what did I, you, 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 you were thinking about something that I said just now? Would you like to go and? No, I think I think I do agree. I mean, I I I can't just like label or cat classify Pam as the as a bad cops in this case because there are people who are willing to make the change, and I can see that. And I was engaged by a few Pam members as well to do activities. That comes way later. Um, my point. I I wish to make the point. The reason why I ask this question because I don't want the first point I would like to make is I don't want to make um you know to 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 threaten or put uh place a pen on pedestal or you know to apply a certain guilt trap for them you know because i don't want to to do that in a way that they have their own roles i understand it's a very complicated profession you have so many to to take care of you 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 want to talk about just purely about the professional practice profession itself you have like construction site contracts blah 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 you can talk about everything in that that's that's within the framework of profession but we i the reason why i couldn't expect them to do more because if you wanted to talk about the 
the the the career development or even well being or even the future of architectural um uh, education that's gonna be another branching out for them to absorb. Which sometimes I think it might be too harsh for them to absorb so many things and to do everything in the such a short time. So therefore, I I didn't I didn't expect them to do much of it. But I just thought that at least there's there should be a open mind to to take up more things and to 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 celebrate a uh, much more interdisciplinary uh, practice i think that's the way to go as well i'm i'm just pure, this is just purely my suggestion um yeah i i, I that's the i i think that there's another point um that i don't think kevin kevin Matlow would mind me saying that kevin Matlow is quite um a remarkable individual in terms of his thinking and um he's very very critical so mm. some people will not want him to be in a some people will not want to attend an event where he will be very critical of them because um you know so so oh, we need individuals who are very intellectual and very critical in our in our midst you know mm. because um you and I we can talk you know, during in, in a dialogue, mm. and for somebody who has not heard of the things that has been said before, they might find it interesting. But to get it to level up, you know, to actually ask important questions of us, are we ready? You know, as a society, as an architectural fraternity, can yeah, we I think discuss those things. Yeah, I think that's the point. That's the point. That first, I think let's let's. I, there are <clears throat> there are a few steps to do this. I think the first step is to let's think about what kind of things they want to say. And then there is a second step to package it in a way. Not really in in a vague um disguise, but rather is to package it in a way that's what I, I'm always thinking about because you need to make the language that matches with a certain society or a group of people. We can't just right away. Of course, I I appreciate both kind of unpackage or package information, but there is also a need to introduce first. Then only we can criticize. The problem with what I see now in Malaysia is we we couldn't even accept the package information. How can we expect people to take in the criticisms that is not package, and then they take one to the whoa? Why 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 are you saying this? You know. So I I, I would. I would go for this first step first. Okay, I'm here. I come in peace. I just want to work with you. I want to collaborate with you. And then from there, we can slowly, okay, then people can start slowly to take in. That's 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 what Malaysia um, architectural education or practice needs first, in a way, rather than shoot, shoot in their face and then they will, they will shock. <laughs> they, will, they will be in the shock. So rather, I would just go slowly and introduce first. Hey, the the first step is really... Can Gary, can you talk about a package? Explain this package to me. Some of package. the yeah, what, what example? A real a real example of of, of when it, that that you think that how how come Malaysian architects don't accept the pack even the package version? Uh, what more the naked or the straightforward raw the raw raw, raw, raw honest. <laughs> Well, I mean, that, that's okay. That's from from my experience. Therefore, you can see um, uh, there there. I think I think the most provoking topic that I have done in a much in in my opinion is less package information is the debate post podcast I did with Yvonne 
So we were debating on the Penang uh, Infuel Island. So that's a South Island competition. Oh, yeah. So yeah. we were talking about that. So I was the one who support the... I mean, I, I would like to be the... Yeah. Give, give a the, bit the of background to the listeners what this uh, Penang yeah. uh, South Island yeah. reclamation, yeah. Yeah, so, so it's a competition organized by Penang government. Uh, it's in South Penang. And then they proposed like three islands and then they open for competition for international and local architects. In the end, the winners is kind of like a combination of local and uh, international architects. There were so many um, uh, uh, argument about, of course, mainly about the environmental issues and also the necessity and also the purpose of this project. So I was the one who actually proposed. Okay, sorry. Uh, one thing to mention. So that competition was organized like two years ago or one year, uh, two years ago, I think. Two years or one year ago. So it was kind of like proposal for the, you know, the whole development of the state or also when it comes to national, national level of development to in line with the Industrial Revolution 4.0. We will talk about like uh, AI and also technological in, uh, advancement. So therefore, the government thought there's a need to come up with this proposal to enhance or to improve or to cultivate this kind of new idea to technically have a, like a floating cities of three plots, as I know. So um, my 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 position at that point, I, I wanted, you know, I want, I'd rather be the, the, the bad cops in the sense um, who support the idea while Yvonne plays another role. So in um, if you want to know more, of course, you can go there to, to, to my podcast to listen more or there is always a YouTube it's kind of aggressive in a way but it's not aggressive in a vocabulary grammatical um fault in a way so so it's, it's it's unpackaged in a way it's very raw where expression and ideas and there's no censorship apply into the information so that's what I thought is unpackaged in a way of course Kevin is someone who I really look up to and his unpackaged, in a way, uncensored information is a very hard um, information for some to penetrate, to understand as well, because I think it's really the tone and also the, the, the words that people are not familiar with. So when I say unpackaged, that's really can date back to what kind of pro, um, podcast that I did before the debate podcast, where a lot of things are very tame and also the questions are not provocative and sensitive because that's what I thought by unpackaged in a way to try to think about topics and also conversations that can be relate to students and general public. So that's unpackaged in a way also try to understand what's happening in uh, Malaysia climate, what kind of words they use, what kind of tone they use, and then I, I try to follow it so that I can gain uh, support in a way. Or, is it, or even certain rent, uh, resonance from students. And then they can know, okay, this is kind of like a critique. What's next? Therefore, I come up with the debate. The, therefore, the debate kind of switch on another unpackaged um, uh, information. So, so, so package, in a way, always wanted to understand the habitat. It's like, um, if let's say I'm, I'm like a frog and I, I like my habitat, to be a certain condition. So there are two ways to do it. One is you go to a new habitat that is totally fit your own, or you wanted to go to an existing habitat and change the habitat to fit yourself. I see Malaysia um, uh, situation is 
I wanted to be the frog that go to a existing habitat and to make myself habitable to this existing habitat. And then I tell the the villagers, the my fellow frogs, <laughs> to to sort of like tell them what I think, what kind of habitat that I came from, and then to tell them what's a good thing about things that you can change about your habitat. So there are so many examples that I notice a lot of my peers like Yvonne or Joanne, Hazik, uh, so many people that I met here, they are all Malaysians. They graduated from Malaysia universities and especially a few friends. I noticed that when they go back to Malaysia, they have the mindset where they wanted to change the habitat to feed their species of frog in a way. So therefore it's a bit hard to penetrate because in order to change the community, let's say 100 people, based on one uh, requirement, it's very, very long journey. You can change, but it's going to take some time. But for me, my my <laughs> my way is to come in and say, okay, hi, um, I'm a new friend. <laughs> um, I try to understand how things work here. And then I will start to talk about things. So therefore, yeah. it's really the... Yeah. Um, in disability activism, where I have engaged a lot with, um, there come a time when I cannot do certain things anymore. You know, when when we we talk about the roles that each of us play, so I I concentrated with younger activists, um, and in a way uh, taught them how to understand uh, the language of engineers and architects. You know, I gave them uh, information on understanding uh, that architects are. Uh, learn things or train in a certain way. So that's why in order for you to approach architects um, or the technical people, because they, this activists, they, they have varied backgrounds from, you know, uh, Islamic studies or IT or, you know, and they just have the, the, the common thing among them is that all of them are disabled persons. Mm. So, um, so, and they're interested in, changes that society should be doing to get uh to to obtain rights for person with disability so so yeah the thing is um the the audience you are talking about the audience who would yeah who would you know if it's interesting that you use the word package because if i come with a package that is doesn't look good all thorn and and for as a present to somebody, they yeah. out my good intentions because I need to have a package that is palatable or easy on the eye or something like that. Yeah, and audiences are finicky like that, and um, and uh, knowing the audience is an important thing. So yeah. when you talk, when the audience that you are addressing are students of architecture. Now, yeah, it goes back to when you start talking about students of architecture, then I was thinking that's many things that students of architecture don't don't know. And if we yeah. would tell them that this is the problem, they didn't ask for it. They didn't want to know this problem, you know, or this yeah. information that we gave them. Yeah. So they they would get stressed about it and they would react it and react to it in a way that is it could be very heavy-handed, you know. Yeah. I have yeah, been yeah, in yeah. that situation before. Um, and um, it will make other people, um, you know, uh, not really think that you are the one, you are the one who, 
who actually influence the students. Uh, one thing about students is that um, uh, one thing about if if we we look at the aims and then we look at the goals and then the objectives. The goal is there's one goal to do with this course with architecture students. There's another goal yeah. with the fresh graduate. Another goal with the mid level architect. Yeah. Another goal with the whole architecture fraternity. Obviously, with different uh, concerns that they're interested with, right? So what yeah. are the, the concerns that students are interested with? Uh, maybe they they would give complaints that we're not able to explore enough or we're learning the same thing again in yeah. fourth year as we did in third year, things like that. Uh, this is the things that I I come across. You yeah. know? So uh, they're, they're interested in, the at the moment, their own plight, the plight of 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 being not not confident of, of yeah. graduating and getting a job. So there are all yeah. this concern. So if you talk about fresh graduates, they have that transition and then um and and trying to get a toehold or um to get uh what do you call it um comfortable and to the next stage of life, you know, some of them want to settle down and yeah stuff like that. So uh the environment is created as it is if it's a problem the environment is a problem like we raise the problem of the reclamation of the islands in the south of penang the conversation yeah. is also with the activists i know some penang activists who uh fought for this with the, yeah. with the fish, fishermen yeah. yeah and um and that is the, the the discussion that I had with this other activist because I come from the activism world myself, yeah. not just the architecture world. But the thing that is common between us and them, the other activists, is social activism. Yeah, about social, about society, and 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 that discussion, we package it in a way that uh, society's concerns. Yeah, what are society's concerns about? Overdevelopment. What yeah. are societies? So we actually became the medium or the voice. It just happened that we're architects or trained yeah. as architects. Yeah. So for those who are in uh, institutions or even the PAM who have, um, you know, periodnasi or the, the 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 rice bowl to protect, they wouldn't like it, obviously, or their friends are being attacked, they wouldn't like it. So these yeah. are just simple. You know, when, when people talk about things, it's actually very personal. People may say yeah. that, you know, we don't deal with uh, personal things. But in actual, actual fact, everything is personal. <laughs> it is. I mean, that's 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 what beauty, that's, that's what beautiful about a collective society because collective in a way you have your own voice. I have my own voice. And any any anyone else have their own voice, therefore it's collective and it's kind of compilation of all the voices in one. That's what the beautiful things about it. And and so I and now I remember one thing the uh, the question that you asked me about like you know what am I working as an office manager? Therefore that really raised up a lot of thoughts for me to question the how business run because because in the end let's be honest if we wanted to run an architectural architectural business there are two terms here architecture and business architecture i'm gonna put it aside let's not define it it's too complicated at this moment 
but it's a type. It's a technically it's like engineering or music or art or uh, uh, food and beverage, restaurant, whatever. That's a sector how I see it at this moment. Business, when we look it into the second term of it, it's simple as to make money. Well, I mean, not just money, of course, but also a profit. It's, maybe it's a social profit. Is it a, a community profit? It's technically it's a benefit for anyone else. But of course, when it comes to like business as my role, I, I wanted to make sure the profit in a way like a well-being for my colleague to be feel happy, feel fulfilled, um, and also the company running well, financially stable. So that's technically what I learned about architecture business. So when when a society or a group of people tend to amplify or magnify a certain kind of profit, let's call it financially, financial or monetary profit, when it's so huge, we tend to forget about so many things. We forgot about how um, our part one or part two, how are they going to develop into another new phase of life if they wanted to. They therefore come up with my thoughts, okay, I wanted to write. Why not? Because not because I'm architect doesn't mean that I can't write. So, and also that same supply to event curation, podcasts, meeting people, um, do things that apart from erecting a new building. So that's technically, of course, inspired by my role in a very realistic position as a office manager to think about marketing. Uh, finance, invoices, uh, uh, client relationship management, um, um, admin and system, and all these things that allows me to really think about in the future of the um, specialization in architecture is going to be so obvious. Where I mean, in now, we can see in architecture there, you uh, architecture student come out, they can be illustrator. They can be someone who do CGI or renderings. They can do magazine. They can do music. They can do so many things. Therefore, the beauty of being an architecture student is allows you to have so many options to think about what kind of direction you want to go. Um, that's that's the thing that I think I always tell my students or oh, whoever attended to, yeah. to my event. If you have, I'm giving you a, a few minutes to actually summarize that. If you, maybe you want to answer what architecture education should be so that this, are you saying that is great what architecture students are able to do now? Or that there is something that architecture students could be more of, you know? Because I, when you say, yeah, <clears throat> do we need to change the architecture education system, for example? Um, well, I mean, try I I okay I I can try to relate back to the story of frog and habitat. Now I I mentioned um the that I mentioned earlier. I think I think the frog. <laughs> well, I mean not saying like the political kata kind of frog. Okay, um I'm just saying <laughs> as a kind of adaptable. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's not a political jump. Frog. It's not it's not political, but it's just a metaphor. So I think I think I think we are in a habitat where we are good enough. I can't expect people to do more. But rather, I would expect us as the frogs in this existing habitat to think more of what we can do in the existing habitat. I think I, I don't expect people to change anything, whatever happened with the module or teaching systems in Malaysia. I have no comment on that because I that, that needs a lot of research and also data to prove. Therefore, I, I couldn't comment a lot. But what I already expect is when it comes to down to the personality of the students to really think about 
and 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 also expand their horizon on thinking architectural practice. That's all I'm only wish. This is actually a comment on the personal level of learning process rather than the formal learning, which is means like you know whatever you you attended um, in the university. But I would encourage and one thing I could change, I hope to change, is actually the mentality of each student rather than changing the education system. Therefore, you know, through podcasts or through informal events that I hope that will advocate more rather than asking the the formal structure to make any big change. Okay, that is coming to the end of our session. <laughs> Thanks, Naziati. Is is it I been, think we went I all mean, over we went uh, a lot of, not all over the place, but we went to many um topics and um but you did answer the question at the end about why an office manager uh in a way that we could understand what you you a person who need to experience what is business. I mean there's yeah. many ways to be an architect and uh, why not as an office manager and uh, yeah. architecture practice and uh, management, for example? That's, I think uh, I think I think also sorry. I think one one thing is you you are not necessary to be an office manager to learn what I <laughs> what I learn. Of course, you can try to to go to be a writer or, or or try to be a teaching assistant or even go to you know you, you can do whatever you want is as long as aligned with your interest and passion. And then, then you start to realize what you are doing is what you love. It's it's not of course, office manager is what I love. Therefore, I have a different, very um, yeah. <laughs> specific think, path. Yes, um, I think like our uh, your friend Chia Yvonne uh, also um, doing exploring things in her way, writing and all this, right? Publishing, yeah, and yeah. Um, and many other people that we know. And if I can say teaching architecture like what I've done for many, many years is one way of understanding architecture, a natural yeah. progression uh, because we're in it. We're in the um, architecture world and, yeah. um, the, and businesses can be not necessarily an architecture practice as well. Businesses can be, if you want to be a business person or you want, you know, you can be a business person and make profits yeah. to sustain yourself. So, yeah. Okay, um, Gary, would you like to say anything else before we um, finish and conclude? Thanks, thanks a lot. That has been really, really productive uh, conversation, and it's very fun uh, conversation. I hope it's kind of like it's sitting in between the package and unpackage conversation, actually. <laughs> um, but I, I, I one one last thing is I hope any um listener um to really think about the outside the box in a way to think about the critique about uh, a critique about the profession rather than just purely critique within profession we talk about green architecture biophilic design phenomenology uh, modular system or whatsoever metaverse whatever you want to say it's very often talks about what architects can associate with but we don't talk about architects himself there are so many things we haven't talked about like gender equality pay gap you know disabled community um our well-being or welfare of part one and part two or even part three they do have some issues part three they uh you know the money is not earning enough to align with inflation things like that so there are so many things that 
we yeah. are not critic about. And then we we talk about big dreams like, oh, I'm going to do a farming to solve the food security problem. I'm like, okay, that's a good idea, but you haven't talked about yourself. I mean, that's really like, you need to think about your roles as an architect and how do you want to sustain it to project a long-term goal. Um, before I go, I would love to recommend a few books that really inspire myself to um to to be who i am now, to where i am now um there are five books actually um alan de botton architectural happiness that's the first book and it's very romantic but if you think about it in a in a other way it's like, it can be quite uh, realistic in a way uh jeremy tell um he's a i think he he i think he, i hope he is or he was uh dean of um central st martin in london uh, his book called Architecture Depends that changed my mind. Uh, Corbusier towards a new architecture. A lot of people don't like him, but I think you should give it a try to read that book. Um, fourth book is Rowan Moore, uh, Why We Build, and the last book is Charles Darwin, Origin of Species. So these five books uh changed my mind, I would say. But if you like to know more, I hope you can dive into it a little bit and let me know what you think, or even with Naziati as well. Yeah, that's all from me. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Naziati. Great, great piece of advice there from Gary Yeo. And good luck in also um, your checkout, uh, listeners. Um, your The XYZ podcast that Gary Yeo hosts. And yeah, we'll be, we'll be uh, following yeah. your... We'll be following you. Thank you so much, Gary. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks.